Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Get select Ernie Ball strings, three for ten. Save $100 on a Fender Special Edition Strat, or get a Yamaha acoustic for just $199. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in store now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a August 8th Tuesday evening edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today I am joined by frequent guest, friend of the pod, host of Take It or Break It, the sports takes game show of your dreams. Or your nightmares. Or your nightmares. Corbin Smith. Hey. Hey, Eric. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Just uh, here. Sometimes I write, too. You do write. You do write. Yes, you do. I'm just... A little bit between gigs right now, it seems like. Yes. I mean, first and foremost, Corbin is a writer, as as we all are. Yeah. You know, at least, at least us. No, everyone who's listening, everyone in the world, you know, we're all just writing our story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we are. That's a, tum- that's a great Tumblr quote right there. Thank you. Um, I love Tumblr. But yes, Corbin writes also frequently, so look out for his stuff. And follow Maybe him. Maybe we'll am it week in a week or two. Okay, we'll am it week. Also, Vice. No, but not right but, now. But, but, but 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 you know, in in recent I past, and very recently, you wrote something about Myers Leonard. I did. I the last thing that they put up before they fired like ten people was a blog was something where I wrote about Myers Leonard. So, <laughs> you no got, Blazer fans, you did it. I looked back on my Vice archives recently, and I wrote three articles about Myers Leonard for money for a national publication, uh, which is really, I think, kind of sick. I think I have a problem. I, well, you know? I, mean, I mean, Portland Portland seems to have a little bit of Myers 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 thing. Oh my god, we so Eric. I guess we can talk about this now. Before, by t- the way, the Blazers signed someone. Are we talking about a non a non-ins thing? You mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. So, uh, Eric has done... So, Anand and Panyan, who's on the show sometimes. Yes. He's a friend of Eric's, you know. Man about town. Yeah, he's a, he's a real man about town type. He puts together these, like, blazer talks. That they, they have at bars, and Eric does them, and Casey and Mike Richmond have done one, and, and uh, uh, Quick, and... Uh, Freeman. Boy, if I don't Joe, name Joe, every Freeman, yeah. Joe Freeman, yeah, did the last one and the last and the first one there weren't a lot of people. It was like me and, uh, and it was me and like a lot of people I kind of knew. And then, but this last one there were there were a lot of people there. It was a it was at a bar. It was very cool. It Shout was, out to it, Century Bar for hosting that. Yes, it was a nice space. It was real great. And at the end they do a little Q and A session. You know, 
they talk around, you know, they talk around, whoa, blah, blah, what are the Blazers doing, blah, blah, you know. But then at the end, they do a and a session. And, like, the first question is, is like, somebody being like, what are they going to trade Myers? What are they going to do about Myers? Myers, Myers, Myers. Myers, Myers, Myers. And, it, and I, you know, I feel like I mostly interact with the Blazers to the Internet where everybody is either, like, losing their minds over the president or being relatively dispassionate about something. And I and I feel I feel like amongst like uh, sort of cap types, dweebs, blazer blazer dorcases, if you will, Myers is regarded as being kind of a problem because I mean he hasn't been very good. I hope that's not rattling anybody's world or anything. He had one really good year, and you know. Yeah, and, and has been injured. Was young, didn't play a lot. Then and, he and had a, he had an opportunity, and it just kind of you know hasn't yeah. happened. It just hasn't happened. Yeah. It just hasn't yeah. happened. He probably. I think he needs a change of scenery. I want to make this clear. At the very least, I think that I think that this is a this is a thing that it would be good for everybody involved if people moved on from it. But it is Myers, guys. If you're listening. To Myers Leonard is not the thing that's ruining the Blazers. No. First off, the Blazers aren't like quite ruined. Second, like Turner's contract is significantly worse than Myers's contract. And the Blazers like did that one to themselves a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Uh, Myers doesn't make enough money to be like a big problem. He just doesn't. I, I mean, he pro- he makes more than his production suggests. I don't want to say that. But, like, it's only $10 million. It's, it, like, I mean, I guess that's a lot of money for me. But, but compare in the grand scheme of things, everybody calm down about Myers Leonard. But anyway, but I, he's still an object of fascination. The first thing I ever wrote for uh, Portland Roundball Society, which was more or less the first thing I wrote about basketball, was about Myers, and the last thing I wrote for Vice Sports as constructed was about Myers Leonard too. It's it's I I just live in I live in this prison. When Myers dies, I die. You know, it begins and ends with Myers. Yeah. Um, Multiple but, articles though about yes, Myers Leonard. Yes, multiple. Mul- yeah. Really weird. Yeah. So I, if Myers, if you're listening, I just want to say I'm I'm sorry I've written so many kind of mean things about you. Anyway, yeah, well, he's been working out a lot. He's been playing a lot more basketball lately. I will say I've said this many times. He's doing the Los Angeles thing. Right? Yeah, he's doing the L.A. thing, which is what you got to do if you're trying to if you're trying to save if you're trying to get better. And for him, you know, salvage, you know, make more of a career than just the end of this contract. Like if he wants to stick in the league, he's got to he's got to do these things. And so and he's, do, he's, do, he's doing he's doing them. He's doing them. I, even if he is any good by the time he's done, he could probably milk three or four more years out of the league. But not probably not a big contract. But well, he, he's playing this summer, which is more than he could do last summer. So um, anyway, moving on from the Myers talk. Uh, the bla- every every like, that's the only thing we, we didn't even plan about. this. It just happened. Yeah. It just happens. We were going to talk about Wilcox. Yeah. First and foremost. But you but you can't do it, you know? You have to talk about Myers Leonard. So, uh, right before we did this podcast, we had already planned this podcast, 
but it has also become a C.J. Wilcox emergency reaction pod. Earlier in the day, while everybody was screaming about nuclear war, Eric sent me a DM and said, hey, you want to do the podcast tonight? And I was like, yeah, fine. Anything to not think about nuclear war for five minutes. Yeah, it'd be great. Just, just yeah. talk about basketball yeah, for a little while. Yeah, talk about, like, not nuclear war. Yeah, and we're not going to talk about that, by the way. So th- those of you who send in questions for tonight's episode regarding oh, yeah. that, we're not, talk- talk- we're not talking yeah. about that. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to be a nuclear war, guys. No, we're just not. We're getting so excited. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so C.J. Wilcox, it was reported by... One, Adrian Wojnarowski from Yahoo oh, Sports, good friend. good friend of the pod. Yeah, uh, we've had a few cookies together, if you know what I mean. Reported that C.J. Wilcox has been signed to the Blazers <laughs> on a two-way contract, Portland's first such contract in the new CBA. For those of you who may not know, the two-way contracts have been added, so the normal roster of 15 guys still stays but now they've added two two two-way roster spots where players are allowed to be sent down all the time to the d-league it doesn't technically take up a roster spot right right it doesn't technically take up a like these two roster spots are completely they're different than the actual 15-man roster he can play for the blazers and that's why they have him so that, you know, basically in an emergency, if a bunch of guys get hurt, you know, you bring up C.J. Wilcox and then he's been in your system. He knows your offense and you don't have to sign a free agent or whatever. Uh, he's been in the D-League mostly. He was on the Magic for a brief stint. I mean, he was on the Magic for most of the year and uh, didn't really do anything. Yes. Yeah, it's um, like two two points a game type stuff. Yeah. Uh, so... 26, not young either. Yeah, yeah. 26, kind of a D-League lifer, was a first-round pick by the Los Angeles Clippers under Doc Rivers. So take that uh, by, excuse me, by Rock Divers. Shout out to the Dunked On guys uh, for that name. Because that, that was his, that's his GM name. So the coach is Doc Rivers oh, and the GM, and GM and is Rock, Rock Divers. Divers. Classic um, David Roth bit, of course, as well. We all we all apparently have different contexts for what a spoonerism is. <laughs> to Eric, it's real GM. To me, it's David Roth. There we go. We're bridging we're, a divide here. That's right. We're we're bringing people together and bringing uh, isms together. Do you know what the worst ever sports spoonerism is? What? It's catfish hunter. <laughs> And you can fill in the blanks for yourself, audience. Um, but C.J. Wilcox, I pride myself on knowing a lot about the NBA. And, and. And, and I, I, I had, I, I literally had to look the guy up. Cause he I, played I, in the Pac-12, too. Like, while Eric played, it was at Oregon. While I like, was playing at Oregon, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sorry. No, uh, no. You're, but, uh, you're, you're, uh, you're Kamezi, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm Kazemi. Kazemi, fuck, shit, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Shoot. It's fine. Um, but anyway, so C.J. Wilcox was on the, the Magic until April 3rd, uh, and then he was released. So take that. You know, because he wasn't good enough to play on the Magic. I, You know, I'm <laughs> not enthusiastic about this, apparently. No, this is, I mean... 
He's a I, career 33% three-point shooter. A, he has a tattoo neither of us understand. Okay, you described the tattoo because you were you were on the tattoo, yeah, the, the C.J. Wilcox okay, left so shoulder it's, it's tattoo. Like, he's got a tattoo on his left shoulder. I genuinely can't tell what it is. There's definitely some sunbeam action going on. And then in the middle, there's another thing. And I kind of thought it looked... I will say this. I was at a music store today because I'm trying to get an upgrade on my microphone, trying to have a little buzzing on the podcast. I mean, this isn't audio talk. Don't get me wrong, but... But it can be. Yeah. It's August. It's I, the, early the, August NBA the, podcast. The guy at the um, at the music store, I went to the, I went to the sort of... I went to a place in downtown Port or uh, Vancouver, Washington, where I live. He was giving me a really hard sell on a compressor, and I just don't have enough money to purchase a compressor. But he was, it was a really good hard sell. And it was hard not to later be like, what if I just bought a compressor? But I can't afford a compressor. I don't have that kind of money. Anyway, so maybe I had instruments on the mind, but it looks like a sampler. I don't know if the audience necessarily knows what a sampler is, but when you're a DJ, you have turntables, right? And they run through this thing called a sampler. And you set your sampler to take in a loop, right? So if you're playing like Wichita Linemen, rest in peace to Glenn Campbell, by the way. That's my karaoke. R.I.P. That's my karaoke song, Wichita Linemen. I I know that's odd, but... um, So if you go like... With the Wichita, with the Wichita, with the Wichita, 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 you press a little button to make it go with the Wichita, with the with 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 the Wichita. It looks like he has one of those on his shoulder. And now this goes to my theory that what oh, yeah. if the Blazers used their two-way deal to bring a producer and DJ? In-house for Dame Lillard, There's for no Dame Dalla. There's no better beatmaker in the NBA than C.J. Wilcox, people. C.J. Wilcox, D.J. Wilcox. He will, shall be known the the producer of all the beats for Dame Dalla in the future. Yeah. It's, it's a good way to save costs because, you know, with the cap and all that stuff, you know. He needs to wear, like, really dark sunglasses and stand behind Dame. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. To- no, I, I, I 100%. Yeah, just just have the mean mug and like just you know do the DJ a little scratch scratch, uh, scratchy scratchy etc. Very musical team. CJ yeah. McCollum hosts a uh, weekly radio show. He does. Yeah, CJ's playlist on one hundred seven five. I've what? Yeah. CJ McCollum has a. You didn't know that CJ McCollum has a radio no, show I had no where idea. he plays What's 107's five format right now. Even, uh, I want to say they're still jamming. I listened to 107.5 they, they, all the time when I was like eleven to like thirteen or somewhere around there, or maybe even younger than that. And they just played like adult. It was like what my mom liked to listen to. And then I ended up liking to listen to it. And it was they just played like adult contemporary stuff. So like Cheryl Crow, a lot of Cheryl Crow, things of that nature. Anyway, so it's strange to me that it's a rap station now. Yeah. Yeah. It has become jamming. Cool cool story. Yeah. Portland's party station. 
But anyway, yeah, the Blazers are a very musical team. C.J. Wilcox. Chant it like 99.5? Yes, it, they transitioned from to, to, to 107.5. To, to, isn't that insane? Yeah. What, what are, are you, all the other radio stations now? I know the classical music one and the NPR one. But, uh. I think Z100 still in the mix. Oh, thank God. Can't live without Z100. Um. Dude, what else you got? What I don't know. You- I, I don't know. Radio talk, baby. Yeah, you know it. Podcasting, talking about the radios, Inception. Yeah. Uh, I don't, we don't, I mean, in all honesty, I almost feel like I'm promoting the competition. Don't listen to the radio. No. Listen to or break it. That's right. Yeah. Come on. If you want some good sports takes and a game component to it, you should listen to Take It or Break It. Rick, can I say something about CJ Wilcox? And about, I don't Absolutely. Wanna, okay. I don't understand why these dudes who go in and out of the D League can't fuck, can't, I'm sorry, I keep cursing. It's okay. Um, it could be, this may be an LOB after dark. Okay. I, I try really hard to not make mine LOBs after dark. I'm not a, I'm not a filth monger like Seth, so. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I'm a professional, people. Um, I don't understand why these guys who go in and out of the D League don't just go to Europe. Well, I don't, the, well, I've well, never understood it. You can make consistent money more regularly. It's a pretty good life. It's, you know, like if you only have so many years that you can play professional sports, it befuddles me why you would waste them in the D League. Well, I mean, maybe part of it is they want to get that two-way deal. I think another part of it is, yes, the the life, you know, it's pretty sweet deal, but at the same time, in Europe, I remember one of my first uh, things that I did when I started covering the Blazers was I interviewed Adam Morrison, and he told me that... Oh, yeah, the, he was on the Blazers. That he was in training camp with them, and he told me that the, they, they make you practice twice a day. So you have two-a-days every single day, and you have to show up. So maybe that's unattractive to guys. But at the same time, you know, I think all the the money they get is tax free because they don't. They play less games, right? They play less games. Uh, they usually get like uh, really nice like health club memberships. I also remember this from like covering the Vancouver Volcanoes and some of the guys that played for them that had played in some of those lower European leagues, and even those guys had pretty sweet deals playing for like lower tier teams. So I see your point. But one of the underrated stories of the offseason for basketball that china is taking a lot of the elite euro league talent oh it is yeah so, i mean the uh, league is so terrible yeah but but uh-huh. they but they have money yeah i guess that makes sense their league is so like uh unwatchably bizarre though have you watched the cba i um maybe not as much as i'm letting on but they they it's like 160 150 type games right yeah and, and guys score a zillion points like i mean jimmer is a god over there yeah if that well, tell, you if know, that tells you, you know anything. god god bless jimmer i'm i'm happy for him but uh yeah. but um oh man i wrote about i wrote about jimmer playing in china last year and i was watching this video to like you know you know to pitch to you know, whoever I was blogging for at the time. Uh, I mean, I know who it was, but we don't have to uh, talk about it. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden out of the middle of nowhere, Carlos Boozer was there. 
and it was really weird. And he was exactly like the booze man, 100%. He was just balling in China. Like this guy who has, I don't know, probably $150 million. It was just like, no, I well, I can't stop being Carlos Boozer. That's ridiculous. And so he went to China and balled out with Jimmer in a I, gym. I, I loved Carlos Boozer. I, I, I mean, well, he was, I, I, okay, well, I mean, I loved his affects when he would get fouled and just and won all the time. This is one of the great, one of the great. He's very, he's very expressive. I found it. I find his style of play aggravating and gross. Sure. But I'm, I, I can't. I, yeah. I can't get too into it. If that was, if, if like, if, if Tyson. He was also Champ, really good for a while, by the way. Like he was. Okay. If Tyson Chandler had those qualities, I feel like that would really enchant Tyson Chandler for me. But because he was Carlos Boozer, I just couldn't go all the way with that, you know? Yeah, that's fine. I, you know what? If Carlos Boozer was in the league again, I'd be okay with it. Yeah, because it seems like the league has become so standard. You know, everyone's doing yeah. the same things. If the Blazers signed Carlos Boozer, I mean, on a certain, uh, maybe I would like it. Maybe I, maybe I, now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, maybe I would enjoy it if Carlos Boozer was getting racked across the arms and going, ah! <laughs> In the Rose Garden. What? What? He'll he'll do a little cursing too. He'll do a little entirely too loud cursing here and there as well. Yeah, see, that's what I'm more. What I miss about Carlos Boozer is less less like he wasn't like the most efficient guy. He didn't shoot three pointers. Like his jump shot is truly hideous. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't fun to watch at all, really, from an aesthetic perspective. But in terms of his his stuff on the court, I, I loved it. Um, not Carlos Boozer, and back to Blazers for a minute. We did not talk about the Allen Crab trade. Moving on from C.J. Wilcox as well. I think we gave you the best C.J. Wilcox uh, scouting he, report say, so you could ever that, have. Like, if anybody is going to know stuff about C.J. Wilcox, it's literally Eric. And Eric doesn't seem to know anything about C.J. Wilcox. Uh, that's what I Eric said. Keeps, that's what I said. I just Eric said. keeps up on fringe guys. And also... He's an Oregon fan, and Wilcox played in Pac-10. Or 12. Is it the yeah, 12? Yeah, I don't what, I don't, yeah. I, I think ever. it was 12 at that time. But, okay. but still, no, that's what I mean. Like, I pride myself on knowing these, these guys on the fringes. And I, I had to, like, remind – I had heard the name, but I had to actually, like, rem- research and remind myself, like, who actually C.J. Wilcox is. So um, I would not expect a whole lot, but, but maybe they see something in him – I have no idea. He's six five, uh, and that's that's all I got for you on that. And he's a thirty three percent three point shooter, two points per game career. Uh, you know, not much else though. Do you know who Alvin Snow is? No, I saw him at the Seattle Pro Am once, and he really made an impression on me. That's all. He's like extremely not an NBA player. He's probably too old to play now. He, he was like a Europe guy, but he was like real, like beefy, like a really beefy fella. And mm-hmm. he played point guard and he was a lot of fun to watch in that pro-am. So shout out to Alvin Snow. One one note, last final note on C.J. Wilcox that may be intriguing is he has a six, almost a 6'10 wingspan to go with his 6'5 height. Wow. 
Defensive player of the year, I guess. <laughs> I love this signing now. Yeah, he's got wingspan, baby. Do they, they still have their MLE, right? Like, yes, that was the they thing still, that they, they still, yeah, they okay. still haven't done anything with that. That was the thing that made me, for like half a second, be like, oh no, this is bad. Because they probably, it's probably, they should probably sign somebody with that MLE. Uh, you know, for somebody. They have pitched, to cut someone, though, first. Oh, Pelton for, on your podcast. Yeah. Said uh, Henderson, but it sounds like he just got injured. So. Yeah. Apparently it's something he, he it was something he was dealing with in Portland and he had a surgery on it, but apparently it seems like it's kind of a chronic issue. So that can happen when you're a professional athlete. Right. And when you jump as high as Gerald Henderson can, that's <laughs> isn't it crazy that Gerald Henderson is like insanely athletic and dunked on Dwight Howard really bad once. Yeah, I mean, he I, he blew me away a couple of times when he was on the Blazers. Like he he would get up for rebounds and stuff. I really liked him on Portland. I thought they missed him last year. But I the, thought you know I this is a this is like an insane person opinion, but I thought that signing Evan at that money and just not even thinking about signing uh, Gerald at the same requisite money was. Mm-hmm. I I thought it kind of didn't make any sense. I think I mean Henderson got like two years. He got like two years, eighteen million with one year non guaranteed. I will say the Blazers. I mean, in the light of looking back on his injury problems, perhaps that influenced the Blazers' thinking in the matter. Probably, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So anyway, C.J. Wilcox is on the Blazers now. Two way player, first two way contract that the Blazers have signed. Since they don't have a D League team though. No. So they'll probably send them to the Warriors D League affiliate. Oh, I'm, which is what they've I, done. Which is what they've done recently. Oh, I'm sure that I'm sure that'll be a really good place to develop him. I'm sure that that will be the priority of the Santa Cruz Warriors. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I all the teams like that's the goal is that all, now with the two way contracts that all teams are going to have their. Uh, the Blazers didn't have the Blazers had one for a while and Neil didn't like it. Right. Yeah, and I think the thing was about it was that the thing that they didn't like was the travel because you had to go to the airport, you had to fly to Boise, had to fly back, and that just became something that was – I think their goal is that they want their D-League affiliate to be like all the other ones, like the Oklahoma City one or the Toronto oh. one where they're like – or or the Austin or the the Austin Spurs where it's like within driving distance of so the telling, actual so team. So you're telling me it's time for the uh, Vancouver Blazers. I mean, they used to have a pro team up in Vancouver, the Volcanoes. No, no the, oh sorry, up in Vancouver. <laughs> in Vancouver, Washington, the Vancouver the Volcanoes. Volks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God bless the Volks. It's time they can play at uh I mean the biggest gym I could think of in the entire city is uh Clark Count is Clark College so I don't know if I mean I can't really think of any I, other I stadiums go, around the Portland area though I would go to an obscene number of Vancouver Blazers games it'd be a great way to uh bring the the fan base together yeah I the other thing I support course, I support a Vancouver D-League team the other thing I've been saying for years is that there should be a D League team that plays in the Tacoma Dome. That I mean, I mean, it, just it would just be great, you know. Yeah, it, it would be Dome. it would be great, but man, that drive with that traffic right at the Tacoma Dome every single time. <laughs> Do you pass? Through, yeah, I guess you got to pass through Fort Lewis too. 
Yeah. Man, I, man, I love, I love, I love North I five corridor traffic talk people. I, and I, and I know that that sounds sarcastic, but I've had variations on this conversation because I lived in Olympia for a while. Yeah. I've had variations on the conversation about traffic from Olympia to Seattle and the like completely mystifying gummed up traffic that happens at Fort Lewis. Like every time you drive from Olympia to Seattle, I've had this conversation thousands of times and every time it's satisfying to me. It just it, it soothes because it, it makes us feel like other people understand. Yeah, it's a real it's a real like moment of interpersonal, like a specific connection you can make with somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking they of a kid, Olymp- they could play in Olympia. They could. That would actually not be the Man, traffic. It issue. would be wild if there was a D League team that played at Evergreen because that is definitely the biggest uh, gym in Olympia. Uh. Yeah. Now I just want that to happen. They'd have to split time with the gooey ducks, though. Yeah. That, I mean, that, trust me, it wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> um, we haven't talked about the Alan Crab trade. Um, uh, I'm supposed to. Have you, have you talked about the Alan yeah, Crab trade? Yeah, I mean, I have. I haven't I talked have. to you about it. So, so I mean, I guess, I what, what were your thoughts on the Alan Crab trade? Okay. Um, probably necessary for the cap. Uh, I feel like that's like a. I feel like I'm kneeling at the at the throne of capital you know i feel like ownership builds the cap so that they can have a reason to spend less money and still a fan will be like if they make a move that is a salary dump to be like oh, oh smart. Well, you know, yeah it's smart you got to do it the cap so i do feel like a stooge to capital when i say this but i mean they were like insanely over the cap so yeah they were totally but, screwed i mean it sucked and it, I, it was, I, I agree with you. It was the Turner contract that did it to him. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's the thing, is that Crab has definitive value in Turner. I mean, maybe the hope is that if you give him a higher usage rate and you make him more of a focal point of the offense like Boston did, that maybe he becomes productive. I mean, but he's on the downslope, too, age-wise, and... He's, I mean, he's always, he's a lot of things and all those things are Evan Turner, you know, when he defends, he's pretty good at that. He's okay at defense, but he wasn't, this is the other thing I just want to say. A lot of people in the Blazers blogosphere have been putting out the stats that Alan Crabb was really bad on defense. You know who else was sharing the court with him that entire time? Evan Turner. So it, it wasn't as if Crabb was the only one on the second unit that wasn't giving his best maximum effort because Turner's fairness, defense for the first half of the season was terrible. In fairness, bad defenses followed Alan Crabb for several years, basically since he started being a productive shooter and streaker up the court, we have a pretty big sample size of Alan Crabb not being good at defense. Yeah. I mean, I guess in fairness, the, I will say you're right. Ever since he started actually getting shots in the offense, his defense has slipped a little bit, but I do think that he he can defend because he did show it like when he was like kind of barely playing was that he could be a good defender and he has had good moments of defense. I just think the focus uh, needs to be there for him anyway. Yeah, they needed to trade him, I guess, for the cap. Uh, it would have been better if they traded Turner, but what are you going to do? Right. But this is the difference between Turner and Crab is that 
Crab is at least enticing to a team like Brooklyn that has yeah. no other nowhere else to go and a bunch of young guys. And because yeah, he's young, they can't, and, and they can't. Like yeah, thirty-one or something. I don't. I think. I think. I don't think. Crab, I don't think Turner's quite thirty yet. I think he's like twenty-nine. But still. That's my age. Um, Evan oh, Evan Turner's twenty-eight. Oh, twenty-eight. Okay. Well, I'm very high on him now. I had no idea that he was one year younger than I thought he was. Huge difference. Yeah. Um, he's a but, legend. But yeah, I, I mean, your point is right though that Crab had at least more market value than Turner would because Turner, you have to really commit to him being part of your second unit. Maybe and they and, 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 agitating that they didn't get anything. Like I would nothing. say, I would say a little bit, but I don't think given the market, given the way the cap is going to be contracting now a little bit, the yeah, growth, the, the growth is not going to be great on the cap. I want to talk number. about the contracting cap for half a second. It is truly disgusting that the Warriors sweeping through the playoffs made it harder for anyone to compete with them. Because the yeah. reason the cap attracted is because there were um, less playoff revenues and there were less playoff revenues because the Warriors swept three of their series and did the other one in five, which scaled back the amount of money this league made and made it so that every other team trying to compete with the Warriors was um, was immediately shortfalled. Like, what was it, $10 million almost? The projections were like two years ago or a year ago, like right before they redid it. They were, it was supposed to be, yeah, it's, it's close to $10 million from where it was supposed to be like last June and yeah, where it the actually like is now. Because the cap's like 95 right now, right? Nine, it's like 99, but it was supposed to be at yeah. 108, and then it went to 102, and now it's at 99. So, I mean, I mean, you know, the economics are the economics, I suppose. But the Warriors literally boned the rest of the league because they were too good. That happened. Yeah, it really did. And... I I like aesthetically pleasing basketball, but hey, uh, that kind of sucks for the rest of the league and the rest of us who like uh, a more competitive league. Can I, can I league. be honest with you? Can I be honest with you? I might not like aesthetically pleasing basketball anymore. The Warriors might have ruined aesthetically pleasing basketball. Just I because just they're see, too good? Yeah. I just want to see grime time Carlos Boozer stuff now. Yeah. I just want I just want mid I just want mid aughts Pistons. That's all I want from a team now. What do you think about? I guess we'll transition to this. We I think we talked enough about the crab trade. Yeah, it, it had think, to be done. I will say, can Eric? Can you fill me out very briefly with some information about the dude they waved? Like, did they have to do that, or was uh, he just not? Yeah, I think I think they. I mean, they didn't have to, but I think well, they do kind of to because they want to. I think their goal is that they want to avoid the tax altogether because. Uh, when Kevin Pelton was on are, the show, he... I will say, they're not good enough to pay the tax. Like, No. Th- I think that's probably a reasonable idea. Yeah, because if they I, can flip Ed Davis, then they're out of the tax. Yeah. I, I feel immensely cynical saying it once again, because it is like a structured... It is like a structured way to make yourself spend less money, and I feel gross like playing into their game on a certain level, but... But unfortunately, it's it's the game that yeah, we they're have just, to They're totally not good enough to pay the tax. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. 
But, so, yeah, they can get out of the tax. The guy that they waive, so by stretching him, they can theoretically get under the tax this year instead of paying him a salary. And plus, uh, Andrew Nicholson was on the magic. See, this is the type of stuff that I, I usually know. But C.J. Wilcox just kind of came out of left field. But Andrew oh, Nicholson was, was Andrew dra- Nicholson? Yeah, he was on the magic for a while. Oh, things yeah, did, yeah. Things didn't that, work yeah. out for them. And then Brooklyn... Uh, you know, when they had Sean Marks, I think they tried to, like, make a run at Andrew Nicholson as, like, a reclamation project type of guy because they had a ton of cap space and they couldn't tank. And then he didn't really do anything in Brooklyn on a team that is basically just, like, you know, throwing stuff at the wall and trying to see what works. So if he was not going to stick there, it's hard to it's hard to imagine him sticking on a Blazers team that already has a ridiculously crowded front court that just drafted two more big guys. Uh so yeah, um, that's that's why they didn't keep him. There's a there's another Andrew Nicholson uh, who rides horses for New Zealand. Here's a picture of him. It's very fancy lad. Also, his horse says Jeep on the saddle because wow. I guess the horse is a Jeep. Anyway, very interesting. So yeah, we just learned today. Today is the ESPN eight, the Ocho day. Oh yeah, so, you watch, yeah. Eric watched ESPN eight all day. I occasionally watch that stuff on watch ESPN, so it like wasn't a big deal day for me. Right, exactly. You already you already watched uh, Kabaddi. Yeah, or cricket. I, I love a cricket person. Yeah, you do. You explained cricket on our last episode. Oh yeah, I forgot. It's a great sport. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, well, Somebody today we learned I that Andrew Nicholson is also a horseback rider, an equestrian rider. A different Andrew Nicholson. Although, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe the regular uh, Andrew Nicholson. I mean, it's, it could be time for a career change. Yeah. The NBA might not be working out, buddy. It might be time to become a jockey, except you're too big. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Andrew Nicholson no longer on the team. Crab trade. Yes? Oh, sorry. I... I I'm doing something to my camera. Sorry. Okay. No worries. Okay. Um, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Uh, I, I could not possibly explain what I just did to the audience. We can talk about some NBA, regular NBA stuff. Uh, Kyrie, David Griffin saying yesterday that he thinks Kyrie's probably going to get traded. Uh, and then another thing that could be connected to this that happened is... Well, let's talk about Kyrie first, and then we'll talk about the next thing. So, do you, do you so think Kyrie, he's going to get coming to the Blazers? Damian Lillard's out. You guys see Bill Simmons talking about it. Boom, he's here. Kyrie no, Irving, baby. Yeah, yeah no, we're all yeah. flat earthers now, my dude. Did you see that Kyrie was like talking about like how he, we should all live in communes? I mean, I, I mean, I, I went to Evergreen. That's not that weird. No, I know, but I'm just saying for an NBA guy to say that he's like. He was like pretty much like he was like capitalism's like really not like that great. Uh, that's that's a that's a short that's a condensed Reader's Digest version he just of wants Kyrie to leave and what he said. LeBron keeps making fun of his kooky beliefs. Let's, can we right. just put it all on the table? Yeah. I, I, I yeah I I don't I don't think it's a, the worst thing though. I kind of see where he's coming from, like because. I think maybe Kyrie understands something that maybe championships aren't everything. You know, you, like he wrote about David West, you can't take him with you. Oh you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. You can't take money with you. You yeah. 
I mean, there like there's a certain level that like championships do mean a lot. If you're Kevin Durant or you're LeBron James, a championship can set you up for life. Right, because you're getting measured up against Kobe and Jordan and But I mean if you're Kyrie, like what like being a you know He's just a really great point guard, but he's never Carmelo be Anthony like, or whatever. You yeah. know, or or like taking the stab at being that kind of level of player, you know. I I, I get it. Somebody, you know, I think the most convincing thing I ever heard is that I'm is that Playing with LeBron is probably pretty stressful. He's like a really intense dude. Uh, And he's... So, like, Kobe um, was was also an intense dude, but it was all, like, self-directed. And he was... I mean, he would be uh, mean to people, but, uh, but he wouldn't... But it wasn't like he wasn't this dude who was really into like getting everybody on the same wavelength. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was into Kobe's stuff and then sort of expected your individual excellence to feed into the Kobe stuff. Right. LeBron. I Jordan was like that, too. Uh, LeBron is not like that. LeBron is like really into the sort of socio communal aspects of basketball and team sports and and we'll just like drag everybody into his orbit and like drag everybody into his mental state whether they want to or not the joke i saw somebody made i really wish i could remember who it was is that Kyrie was probably sick of getting texts at three in the morning that said you need to work for it yeah from lebron yeah like because that's what that's what that dude does to you like he gets everybody in a room and he says, we need to be willing to die for this. Yes. And I, maybe Kyrie wasn't willing to die for it. And I, that might be okay. You know? Yeah. I mean, and never forget the infamous fit in fit out tweets about Kevin love. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And LeBron will be mean to you on social media. Did you see yeah. a Steph Curry car commercial that came out today? No. It's the worst commercial I've ever seen. Is it? Does it have anything to do with LeBron? No, he's just driving in a car, and he's like, I don't know, excellence, excellence, excellence. And then he's like, the only person who can keep me excellent is myself. And then there's another car that he's also driving, but he's wearing a different outfit. It's a really bad commercial. So, so you're saying it's another boring Steph Curry commercial? Yeah, I guess it is. But the one of him in the float tank, I mean... That one drives me crazy. I. Oh, oh, yeah, like, I mean, I mean, it's your intense, dude. Stop it. You're not going to you're not you're not going to convince me you're Russell Westbrook. It's just well, not going to happen. Well, and floating is like not intense. I, oh, it's I, intentional. I it's, I was, the, the floating boy has logged on. Pardon yeah, me. that's right. I'm just saying floating is not intense. It's the exact opposite of intense. Yeah, I. Him in the float tank. I hate that commercial. Thanks. There's thank, another one I hate th- too. Th- thanks, thanks to Kaiser Permanente. The ones with his, the ones with his wife. I feel like I hate to like, I hate to be like, oh, I hate that guy's wife because you know I'm cool. I'm not a misogynist. Women are great. I like women in commercials. Women should be in more commercials. 
But I hate, I hate those fucking commercials. They're so cute. Yeah. I cursed again. I didn't. I'm once again, I'm sorry it's, to bring it's an L, It's an LOB after dark. I, I, yeah. I've, I've, I've I, been, I've I, been, I, been, I, I mean to. Yeah. I hate to be a filth monster. Like I already made the Seth joke. I can't think of another person who's on the, like Pelton. That, no, that, yeah, he's that, that Bulgarian <laughs> Kevin Pelton. <laughs> Yes, uh, you're listening to Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a special After Dark edition of the Locked On Blazers Only podcast. because I cursed like two or three times. I guess I also made that Capish Hunter joke. And now, insurance-minded speeches from Geico. Hardship. My grandmother would go through it every month to pay her insurance bill. First, she would handwrite a paper check in cursive. Then, using her own tongue, she would wet a stamp for an envelope. Today, however, we need not weary our hands and tongues. Today, we can pay our Geico bill with the Geico app. Away with hardship, in with bill pay on the Geico app. Thank you. Anyway. You, you, you did. It's an LOB after dark. I mean, it's, it, it is what it is. Um, so... Oh, shoot. So... I was ruining my eyes. I had to turn on the light. Okay, I'm glad, I'm glad you're protecting your eyes. We, we you. are both we're both four eyes. Yeah, we're in glasses. People. We're spectacled men. You ever wear so, a contact, Derek? I do on occasion. Yeah. I, I, I when I am in, engaging in in uh, activities like uh, sports, like when I was like when the Locked On Blazers team won. Oh yeah, the Rip City three on three. I wore contacts. I was I was riding my bike when you guys won. I rode like sixty miles that day, and That's I awesome. thought about trying to stop by and find somebody, but um, I was disgusting, so I decided not to do it. It was I mean, there's a lot of just sweaty people there. It wasn't. It, I mean, yeah, that's true. it was just it was a basketball tournament. So, Can't um, you guys, who'd you beat? We beat Anand's team. We beat oh. we beat the Dime Uprock squad. Oh, poor Anand. Yeah. He has a shout out to Abbott on his squad, uh, played ball at Evergreen, in fact. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Abbott, who, Abbott, who? Does he work for Uprox? I forgot his last name. Um, no, he does not. Okay. Uh, but cool. he, he's, he's, he's a friend uh, of the pod. But anyway, um, we won the championship. A lot of distractions on the podcast. Today. Yeah, there are a lot of distractions on the podcast, but it's an after dark edition. Yeah. Um, one thing that may connect to the Kyrie thing we just talked about is that the Timberwolves owner said something really stupid yesterday saying that he will offer Andrew Wiggins the max if he quote unquote promises to improve. Glenn Taylor is such <laughs> a doofwad. He he's get, really, every not, he's really time, not good at this. Every time there's a free agent, he says something or does something to make them mad. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, he he kind of messed up the Kevin Love thing. He, yeah. Can we can I say something? I was watching uh, PTI today. I don't normally watch PTI, uh, but, uh, but I don't know. Bomani and uh, uh, Pablo. Pablo, thank you. We're on today. And, I, and you know, I like Bomani and Pablo, so I said, oh, maybe I'll watch PTI today. And it was good. You know, I, I, you know, I don't, like, dislike PTI or anything. But um, 
You do host a sports take game show. I do host. That's actually based on around the horn. This is right. this is very this is very little known. Is that I I do actually like watching around the horn even when I don't like the people on it because I think it's a lot of fun. But but anyway, PTI is on, so I'm watching it. And Bomani, ta- they're talking about this, and Bomani says like, oh, that was more of a David Kahn thing. It's not. It's not a David Kahn thing. That particular thing, him shortchanging Kevin Love, was not. A David Kahn thing. It had to do with the amount of money that Glenn Taylor had. He was pulling the purse strings. It was a hundred percent his fault. But he, but because everybody hates Kahn and everybody wants to pile on Kahn, he was a very convenient patsy for that particular one. This time he has a GM who will not be a patsy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tom, Tom Thibodeau is not messing around. A dude who is a like smart enough and connected enough and um. Uh, it seems like he's pretty good at his job so far uh, to not like take the fall for that one, to make Glenn Taylor go out there and show his um, ass mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of doing it himself, instead of doing it on his behalf. Yeah. So I'm just saying this is like the third time Glenn Taylor has done something like this. I think he did it to Garnett too, if I recall, but um, anyway, well, I mean, Glenn Taylor is re- terrible. Right. Uh, the reason I bring this up is because a lot of people have proposed a Wiggins for Kyrie swap. Brian Windhorst, I think, was one of them. That's not good value for the Cavs. Yeah. If they can get a third team in there and get another guard, maybe. Yeah. Nah. I don't think but it's anyway, the, the reason I, I brought that one up because it was kind of connected. Should we do questions? Sure. This is the uh, second question and answer podcast I've done in two days. So, uh, baked Lay's or kettle chips with or in a sandwich? I think I, I, I think we're a little confused here. I'm going to go with kettle chips on both counts because I am from Salem, Oregon, and kettle chips started in Salem, Oregon, and I'm very loyal. I'm, I'm very loyal because kettle chips are really good. I am not a chip person, necessarily. Okay. It's not my preferred salty treat, although... A kettle chip is very good for for a ch- you know I'm not gonna go to it I'm mo- I'm more of a sweets man we're gonna talk about this in a minute but um but I do like a kettle chip and I don't like a baked lay I I feel like it tastes like a Pringle the first time I ate Pringles I was disgusted and angry I was like eight years old I bought Pringles I put the Pringles in my mouth and I was like people eat these. Yeah, I, I actually I very much agree with this first experience with Pringles being extremely disappointed because they have great marketing, great commercials, especially like, at the time. Pop yes. tell you stop. You know, you watch a tell you watch a children's television program. All you're seeing at the time are Pringles commercials. They're really pumping you up, and then you stick a Pringles in your mouth, and you're like, "What is what is this?" Yeah, it's like, why do people do this? Why do they buy them? I I I I, I yeah. And then I, you get goldfish, the healthy cracker of the people. I do like goldfish. What's your favorite goldfish? Not a question from the uh, Twitter crew. You know what? This... That's not true. A sharper goldfish. You know what I mean? A sharper cheddar-y goldfish? Yes. Instead of a standard cheddar goldfish? Let's get a little sharpness in there. I'm a grown-up. I can handle it. I like the Parmesan ones, personally. I don't like Parmesan without tomato. Okay. Uh, Shout-out to Jeromney for that question. And at Pint Profit, Connor, our friend... Uh, our friends for sending that question in for the sandwich and chips question. 
Who is, is Connor more than one person? Oh, no, no, there's, there's okay. two. There's two people, um, you know, contributing on the same question because it, it seemed like there was a little bit of uh, confusion on whether it was with sandwich or in sandwich. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, so I answered both. I don't. Questions. I'll say this. I don't like chips and sandwiches. All right. So there you go. I actually have a sandwich right here. It doesn't have chips in it. Who's better at tweetering? From at Prime Nurkic. Me or you? Yeah. Let's say you are. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have like a troubling relationship with tweeting. So do I. Yeah, but I. I... Yours is a little bit tr- more troubling is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I might be good at Twitter. Nobody's ever like followed me. And Eric has more followers than me. But, I also used to be a, I used to be a beat reporter. Yeah, you know. But you but you had the other you had the Blazer Banner account for your for most of your beat reporting heat. That that is true, as I recall. What do they do with the Blazer Banner account now? Does it just they they, they kept it? I, I they don't even it's just dormant. It's just, I'm pretty sure it still has my name on it. That's a shame. Yeah, she me, or or me, you know, who I I, I think I built that thing up from, you know. <laughs> just did it too that's well, not fair I, well no but like i used twitter more i think and yeah, and also i will say it wasn't me it also coincided with the rise of the team and the team being good and that definitely brought more followers than i did um is a hot dog a sandwich from mitch earnshaw that old me. question i'm a vegetarian i refuse to answer this on principle no that's what I'm going to say. Hot dog is not a sandwich. Hot dog is a hot dog. Um, let's see. What else we got? Not going to talk about that thing that at Brian Kofelt tweeted at us. Um, I'm just assuming it's disgusting. Did you see pros and cons it, of buffets? Yes. We're going to get to that. Before we get oh, to okay. that, I'm going to answer from at Stuart, Stuart Campbell, one of our uh, loyal listeners. Who on the Blazers? This is a good one. Who on the Blazers' current roster would you choose to spend a whole day hanging Nurk. out with? Nurk, 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 Nurk. I don't even know who's second. Nurk, one, two, three. You know what? Aminu's third. Nurk then Aminu. I feel like hanging out with Ed Davis would be really cool. So I'm going to say Ed Davis. Why? Why Ed Davis? Because he's just like I don't know. He just like he just seems. Like a guy who knows his way around. I don't know. Nurk seems like a dude who has some opinions about things. I think Ed Davis has opinions about things. And I want to learn Nurk's opinions about things. When Ed Davis was healthy last year, he said some amazing things. Like, like we don't like the Clippers and all this stuff. Like he's and he was on the who Grizzlies does? with. But he was on the though? he was on the Grizzlies with Zebo. He's bounced around the league oh, a bunch. Yeah. You know, that, he, I feel you know what. My favorite NBA rivalry of the last 10 years, by far, is Clippers-Grizzlies. Yes. Oh, that, that was... That, that, that was also, so nasty. Those guys... Uh, the, that was, like, genuine we don't like each other. Like, the Warriors didn't like the Clippers, but the Grizzlies and the Clippers... Or the Clippers didn't like the Warriors, but the Grizzlies and the Clippers... Uh, loathed each other. Well, and it's I think incredible. I think a big difference too between those two rivalries were that the Warriors were such a cut above the Clippers, and 
the Quilpers and Grizzlies were so evenly matched that it made the hatred that much better. And for those of you that are championship ogres, this is why the NBA is great. Is for That was a first-round rivalry. It's one yeah, of the yeah. best rivalries the, in the league the that I can remember. Is, the finals is almost never the best series. I don't want to no. say never. You know, uh, the 2001 finals were on the other night. That was an incredible series. The The Mavs won, or pardon me, 2011 finals. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was an that um, was, uh, that was an unbelievable series. Honestly, uh, most of the finals until this past one have been pretty good. Well, the, and the one two years ago was. I mean, this year's playoffs, they stunk back to front. Yeah, it was the worst was playoffs I can remember. Bummer. That was like yeah, a was, huge bummer, right? Yeah, because everyone's like, oh, we're getting excited. It really matters now. And then it just was just. I think I really think the NBA playoffs are the best sports. I don't I don't I'm not I'm not a I'm not one of these people who stands for March Madness. I don't like the football playoffs. I don't you know, there's there there really is I think no better sports than the NBA playoffs because it turns because for me like this like day-to-day thing where like new threads are built in and like there's sort of like a lot of things to get involved in and think about, but it's still constantly high stakes, constantly mm-hmm. like mean, constantly like people, people like pouring their blood out on the court type stuff. But like over the course of two months, that's awesome to me. Yeah. Um, and the this year's playoffs were so disappointing in that regard. It was just sweep after it was just sweeps and like depressing series and like the best series ended up being this Celtics wizards. Like, no, who wants that? Yeah. Uh, so the question that you just, uh, anyway, sorry that that you, we were talking about before this, uh, Oh, by the way, thank you to Stuart for the question. Thank you. Uh, from at Rick Covey, uh, the great question from Rick, the pros and cons of buffets. Eric, you know that I like the restaurant Tusk. Mm-hmm. I think I've spoken its praises here before. It's at the point where I go and the people there are like, oh, hello, Corbin. And they're like, nice to me because I'm Corbin. I actually find it unnerving. But anyway, it's a great restaurant. Uh, you know, Mediterranean food is pretty much my favorite kind of food. They're they're doing it at the high end. Well, this week they're having a buffet in conjunction with uh, Kachka, the the Russian restaurant. Whoa, I did not know about this. Uh, I'm trying really hard not to go. I can't be because I think it would be weird to go to a buffet alone. Uh. <laughs> But in it, but like, the, but the, but the, but like the existence of buffets has been on my mind lately. When I was a kid, Eric, look, not to brag or anything, I'm a big eater. I love, I like, I, I, and I used to fuck, freaking love going to Old Country Buffet. I know it's, I know it's weird, but it would be like, heck yeah, let's get all the dumb stuff on my plate and eat it in whatever order. And then put ice cream. I I was a big fan of buffets. But I'm at the age now where that isn't something I can keep doing. Mm -hmm. I can't. 
I can't like I can't go to the buffet and lose my mind anymore. You know, once a year, me and my family, we go to a buffet for Thanksgiving so we don't have to work. <laughs> this is a good that's a good and thing. that's and that's like the one buffet of the year that I'll still do with with like this buffet level of intensity. And so basically, I just think buffets are a young man's game. Now, Eric, I don't know how you feel about heating lamps. I think there are people who have opinions about heating lamps, things of that nature. I don't have any of those opinions. I would love to get food poisoning and die. Um, yeah, I don't have any problems necessarily with heating lamps. I, I agree with your take, though, that it is a younger man's game. Back when I was, like, 14, like, there was nothing cooler than, like, after – a football practice with your friends going to the Izzy's and having oh, some Izzy's. Loving Izzy's. Loving Izzy's. Just, just get stuffed on pizza and go have ice cream. And One time I went to Izzy's after the Knowledge Bowl season. I didn't. I, Eric played football. I did Knowledge Bowl. Uh, I, was, I was actually very good, too. I mean, well, I could play. Playing football would be a generous thing. I was, I was on the football team. Pardon I, I I'm, uh, just, I'm just setting the record straight for those of you that are going to fact check this and check my, my stats and stuff. These are terrible, Gunderson. You okay. lied. Uh, yeah, you're stealing football valor. Uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, we went to Izzy and we went to Izzy's and I was like pumped. And then a friend of mine, still my friend, I want to make this clear. I was like, heck yeah, we're at Izzy's. I love it. And he was like, I went to a slightly tonier high school than I was. I went to Skyview, but I lived a little further away from Skyview. This means something to people who live in Vancouver. Uh, trust me. And he was like, no, nah, man, only fat people go to Izzy's. And that like that like wormed in my brain forever and might have ruined buffets for me a little bit. Yeah, Izzy's used to be the buffet go to for me. Um uh, don't get me oh, wrong. I've, I've oh, my God. Okay. Uh, have you ever been to a Golden Corral? No. The Golden Corral sounds... You know, I listened to uh, Doughboys this week. Are you familiar with the podcast Doughboys? I'm not, I don't think. Okay, it's a podcast... Okay, it's like... I'm going to explain it to you, and you're going to be like, well, that doesn't sound like anything. And then I'm going to try to explain what makes it actually good. It's a podcast with these two dudes... They're, they're comedian types. They live in Los Angeles. And they go to chain restaurants and then review them on their podcast. And they, and they you know, they usually have a guest. Uh, uh, Network was just, uh, Jason Conception was just. Oh, uh, yes, okay. Actually. Uh, okay, so I've described this to you and it doesn't sound like much. But the thing that I, like, can't describe to you is the, um, is the way that these two dudes, um, hate each other, hate doing the podcast, uh, hate that it ca- caught on and are constantly like backbiting and sniping at each other in ways that like go beyond joking. Like they get genuinely mad at each other sometimes. And that makes it really great. Anyway, they just recently went to the golden corral and there I was turned off the golden corral forever by their. Yo, I went there I was coming back from Venezuela with my family, like probably seven or eight years ago now. And I, or actually, no, probably like 10. Um, 
and I got so, really, I so. got re- I got really sick on the flight. And we're like, okay. And so we ended up staying. You went to the doctor. He said, Eric, you're going to need a chocolate enema. Well, well, yeah. First of all, I got, I got, I got care in the airport and then we got to Houston. Our flight gets delayed. So we can't get to Portland. So we have to stay overnight. I got a, I got an uncle that lives in Houston and we go to the golden corral for dinner or for, for lunch. Yeah. I have an uncle who lives in Houston. Um, anyway, why don't you guys stop and see him anyway? Well, because, you know, we just wanted to... It's a long flight. Fair enough, I apologize. You know, the airport's, you know... it's Houston's a really big town. Um, so anyway... You know, not it's, like the fourth, it's like the fourth largest city in America. It's huge. But it's anyway, huge. anyway, we go they to the Golden... They don't have any suburbs, though, is the thing. Anyway, we, continue. We go to the Golden Corral, and I'm sick. And I just, like... It's the worst place to be if you're not feeling... If your stomach isn't feeling yeah, that's well. Like, I'm, like, mad at your parents right now. Well, it wasn't my parents' choice. You know, we were there seeing the family, and it's just what we did. And, you know, it's what family does. Anyway, I was there, and I, I swear to God, I will never go to another Golden Corral ever in my life because I, I was scarred. And, and it was just the insane amount of food. It was like 10 a.m., and there's, like, tacos and burritos and pizza and fried chicken. Uh, yeah, I think so. Like, I, I mean, it was it was wild, and I was yeah, just like, disgusting. I, I could not be there. Like, I had to like, I had to like go outside. Like, it was like I, I'm forever traumatized about the Golden Corral. Um, I do like the pro. So, to answer Rick's question, pros about buffet. I do like that they usually always have soft serve ice cream. Love soft serve ice cream. And it's one a of real the soft few- cream. Oh, I gotta say, real soft serve ice cream renaissance up in here in Vancouver right now. You got treat. You got treat in the uh, bakery. Rally Pizza. I think me and Eric have even talked about Rally Pizza we have. before. We, we have talked about Rally Pizza. <laughs> it's really they have really incredible soft serve ice cream over at Rally Pizza on Mill Plain. I don't this court. You know the Corbin Smith basketball and food recommendations podcast. Apparently, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's this is what the the, the Corbin pods are. Um, cons of buffet is just so much food in your face. That it becomes you always regret it. Yeah, you just always regret it. So it's like it, it's great at the beginning, and then it just it becomes worse, and then you just want to never eat at a buffet ever again. But then you do, and then you do. I, 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 it's part of our American condition. The nightmare of life, you know. Yeah. Uh, so sh- shout out to Rick for a great question. Um, I can't believe you- they took you to a Golden Corral. I'm like mad at your family right now. <laughs> This, you know what? This is the things we do for the people we love, Corbin. Yeah, exactly. Um, Haven Kaplan Minor asks the first three Taste Tickler subs that Carmelo Anthony should try Woo-hoo! after coming Mello to Portland. To Portland, it's happening, baby. It's back, CJ, baby. They signed CJ Wilcox because Melo asked him to. It's the only way that he will come to Portland. Um, have you ever been to Taste Tickler? No, I haven't. They have great bread. Like the best bread on sandwiches in town. It's like it's like bon mi bread. It's like very, very soft, but it has like a great crust. I'm gonna go with the chicken teriyaki. Um, this is in no particular order because I think my favorite is the. Uh, I, I'm gonna mess up the acronym. It's the A B T and T. I think is what it is. Avocado, bacon, tomato, and turkey. Big fan of that sandwich. And then I honestly, those are the two sandwiches I always get. So I don't know what other third. Do they have vegetarian options at the taste? Yeah. Yeah. I believe they do. They have vegetarian sandwiches. Mella should have that. 
Mellow will have the vegetarian sandwich. You know what? Actually, uh, no, they have, wa- a Philly cheese, they have a Philly cheesesteak I've heard great things about. It's not vegetarian. I, that was it. I understand that, but this is for Mellow if he's into meat. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I know you're listening, Mellow. <laughs> we, we know. We know. Uh, I don't know if I have a particular Portland sandwich recommendation for Mellow. I always enjoy the fake meatball sub they do over at Lardo. That's what I'll say. I do. I, I have become a very big fan in my attempts to wean myself off of meat of like sort of sausage and like the sausage substitutes. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm into field, those. Ro- field roast, in my opinion, is the cream of the crop there. Field roast. Great recommendation for you. Veggie sausage would be veggie sausage eaters. I, uh, I have one more food recommendation as long okay. as we're talking about bread, by the way. Boy, yeah. this is this ended up being a real Corbin the Fat Guy podcast. But well, you know what? Again, it's it's August 8th right now. Fair enough. At Trifecta, uh, uh, Ken Forkish's restaurant, uh, just east of the Willamette River there. Uh, great, great spot. Uh, I, I don't eat at the restaurant ever. It's really like a meat-heavy restaurant. But they have a bakery there, and they are making right now a croissant made out of corn that is one of the wildest things I've eaten in quite a while. It tastes exactly like a croissant while also tasting exactly like corn. Uh, it's, you gotta try it. Yo, uh, before we move on to our next question, shout out to Cap- uh, Haven for that question. Um, did you hear about the newest development in the Portland dessert scene? The churro ice cream sandwich. Are we talking about the one at, uh, uh, that place, uh, that Atula place. Yeah, the Jose Chez's uh, place, uh, churro. I think it's one eighty or something like that. I, I, Atula is. I, you know, I don't get up to Atula very often. I'm not. I'm not much of a Hawthorne guy personally. But uh, that's where Atula this, is. This place is on. Yeah, Atula is what it's called. Oh, I apologize. It's okay. So it's a great, great spot. I love Atala and Chezza. I'm a big fan of all the Chezza operations. No, I haven't had this churro ice cream sandwich. Have you tried it? I haven't it yet. It, it literally, I think it just, I think they just announced it today. It was on Eater. Uh, but it looked really good. Okay. Obviously. Good to know. I, I, I will have to check it out. I mean, it's a churro ice cream sandwich. So um, we had a controversial discussion today on Twitter about whether dessert is good. I mean, I'm, I, it depends. I'm usually. The question a, isn't whether dessert is good. It's whether you should get dessert or more dinner. Generally, I'm in favor of more dinner, especially if the dinner is amazing. Generally, I'm in favor of dessert. There we go. I think there are exceptions to each rule. I had dinner a Tusk. God, Corbin, got to go somewhere else. We got to get a Tusk sponsorship on Take It or Break It. Uh, We're on Locked On Blazers, by the way. Okay. Uh, The other day, and I didn't get dessert. Uh, because I had, they had, they, uh, they had a, they have this thing there. It's like cheese that doesn't melt when you get it really hot. And they put it on top of like this really spicy stuff and you put it on their flatbread. They have incredible flatbread there. It's like flatbread, right, Eric? Mm-hmm. But it's s- soft and moist. Ooh. It's crazy. And they make it to order. Guys, Tusk is so good. Anyway, so, but I, but I ate this and it, and it warped my perceptions and I was glad I didn't get dessert that night. End of story. What's better from our guy at PDX Brochalite, our guy John? John. He doesn't have a last name. Do you know John's last name? 
You don't. I, don't say it. I'm not going to say it, it, but I do know it. I do not um, know John's last name. Um, I've met John on multiple occasions, and I don't know his last name. Anyway, John. Continue. John is a good friend of the pod. Extremely good friend of the pod. Um, what's better, dessert or dinner? And also, please rank the meals of the day. So I'm going to assume you're going to say dessert is better. I prefer dessert generally. Okay. I, I'm a dinner person, and that's fine. Um, ranking the meals of today. I'm going to go I'll, – I'll go first. Okay. So we're going to start from worst to best. I'm going to end on my favorite one. I was going to do that too. I'm really glad you're starting that trend. Breakfast is the worst. I continue. I'm going to go with lunch is the second best, and I think dinner is the best meal. Lunch is... I mean, I've already broken the seal. Lunch is bullshit. (laughs) Sucks. You don't have time to make it. You don't have time to enjoy it. Lunch is garbage. I hate it. Second, I'm going to say dinner. I... I understand. I'm about to give my reason for breakfast, though, being superior. Okay. I'm a vegetarian. Okay. And although I have a lot of really good dinners, I don't want to like I don't want to once again, you know, Tusk Tusk always treats me right at dinner time. Why do I keep talking about Tusk today? Okay. It's just it's just it's this party. It's it's natural. It's just, yeah, it's what's, on the, it's what's on the mind. I want to make it clear. I enjoy dinner. I really do. But as a vegetarian, there is an edge to the main course thing, to like the main course concept that is consistently chopped off for me. Right. Because when it, it comes is usually, yes. to a dinner. Mm-hmm. I, I see bre- that. I see that. But breakfast is 100% of the time, 100% a breakfast as I've almost always experienced it. I was never a big bacon guy. I love pancakes. I like, I love. I love French toast, Eric. I can't, I can't stress this enough. It's French toast. French toast is a top three to five food for me. Um, I think eggs are the greatest food that we have. Uh, this is, this is an Alton Brown opinion. Like this isn't some like, you know, an original thing I'm saying, but I, I, eggs, I think are the, they're fun to cook. They're easy to cook. They taste incredible in almost any configuration. Uh, so I got to go breakfast for my top slot. Although I recognize that in my context as a vegetarian, that that dinner is marginally weakened for me. I maintain lunch is garbage. I don't understand how you can put breakfast behind lunch. You know, you know, this comes to mind for you as a vegetarian. Um, You know what breakfast food I think you would like that I'm a big fan of. And it's probably my favorite breakfast is the Venezuelan arepa with a little bit of cheese. Oof. That what is not what is anadepa? It has become quite popular now because there's lots of people leaving Venezuela and coming to the United States for not good reasons. Yes. And uh I, I, prayers and meta to the people of Venezuela in a very trying time. Yes. Um anyway, so it's a it's a corn cake that you make and you you pan you pan fry it a little bit to get the, you kind of sear it. Love a pan fried corn cake. And then you put it in the oven so it gets nice and fluffy and soft on the inside. Then you cut it open and put some put a little butter and a little cheese for the vegetarians out there. Maybe a little egg mixture. 
I think I think Corbin I think Corbin I think you'd be a big fan of the arepa for breakfast. No, like though super, in America I feel like it's not really a breakfast. Talking food. a fried superpower tamale here. Kind of. It, I mean, it, you get it, some it, eggs on the side of that. I'm all in as far yo, as breakfast. And, and it's also like it'll it'll keep you going. Like you have that and you're going for a while. Like uh, you won't have to have you won't have to have lunch until a little bit later than normal. But um. So that's a great question. From I John. I don't usually have that problem. <laughs> a question from Ira Lafontaine at Jail Blazon, our friend who's opening a store this he week. He is opening a store. Yes. Uh, What's it called? What's it called? What's? I believe it's called Unspoken. Yeah. Is, is the is the name of the of the store? They're so, selling they're selling like independent brand type stuff. Yeah. So shout out to, to Ira for all the hard work he's been doing on that. Small guy. He, we talk about Star Trek sometimes. Great, great guy. Also a uh, great tweeter and also behind the great Twitter account that I'm sure you follow or have seen on Instagram or Twitter, Trill Blazin. Um, he asks. <laughs> My favorite thing to do on Twitter is when Trill Blazin is going off on something that seems a little much. I like to go, Trill Blazin, you need to calm down. <laughs> anyway, Trollblazing uh, usually gets the gets the joke too. So, I, yes, it's a joke I like to do. Trollblazing. So, Ira a- Ira asks, can you rank people with two first names? I need to know how Ron Paul stacks up against Stan Lee. Well, Ron Paul, bottom yeah, he's of the barrel. bottom of the list. Stan Lee, two last names. Rand. Yeah, Paul, yeah. Also bottom of the list. Yeah. Stan Lee is very high, I would say. I'm gonna, th- I'm gonna nominate. I have more I'm complicated gonna... feelings about Stan Lee. Let's just say he's done a little plagiarism. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, one musical artist that you may have heard of that has two first names, Kendrick Lamar. I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm about to melt this podcast. Blazer re- legend Brandon Roy. Whoa. Up there, Whoa. yeah. That's that's a great that's a great one. I think we're gonna end it there. I, I, I don't yeah, think we can get yeah. better. Brandon Roy. I mean, is... since we're on a Blazer podcast, we can't say anybody's better than Brandon Brandon Roy. No, except maybe Maurice Lucas. Wow, that's that's really wow. Blazers have some great names, some great two first name guys in their history. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anybody else. Uh, Jerome Kersey, no, uh, no. Uh, Cliff, just Robin- be- Cliff, Cliff Robinson, maybe. That's a stretch. That's a but, stretch. Yeah, but I'll take it. I mean, like, oh, I, I, nothing but love for Uncle Cliffy over here. Shout out to Uncle Spliffy. Yeah, shout out to his weed. What part of town is Uncle Spliffy's in? I don't know. I know that on. In- How do you not know? I haven't. What I I don't know where it is. I I I uh, on in Pantheon though did our did a story on uh, Cliff Robinson's weed business for the Oregonian that you should check out. Somebody uh, picked you up for Vice. That was very annoying at the time. <laughs> oh, I bet you would. Yeah, I would have been mad too if I was the writer that lived in Portland for Vice that didn't get that story. Oh, and also is Corbin Smith. Right, and, exactly. And likes to write about weird stuff. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, and I think that's our last question. Uh, also, Connor asked us a question, which you already answered on Twitter. Yes, I am very handsome. 
He said, are you handsome? I said, yes, I am. Uh, but, yeah, I think that that's going to do it for us today. Corbin, do you got anything? What's coming up on Take It or Break It? You said you got some for the Willamette Week coming up oh, soon. Uh, yeah, I gotta, I, I'm going to be in the, the I, I wrote about Spoon for the music festival issue. Okay. Uh, and uh, this week on Take It or Break It, uh, Bob and uh, Mike, Bob Silverman and Mike Pellucci. Oh, Bob a Silverman, great, a great legendary tandem. Take It or Break It test. Mike is also great. I want to make this clear. I love Mike. Mike doesn't have a job right now because a bunch of people got ho- got fired from Vice. Um, you would be stupid if you didn't hire Mike to write for your uh, uh, sports magazine. He is uh, an incredible laser-focused sports writer who uh, somebody should hire him. Somebody should hire Bob, too, and me, I guess. But, like, and, and Eric. And, and, and Eric yeah. has a real job. But. Yeah, but, hey, I, I want everyone to be employed. Uh but yeah, shout out. Listen to Take It or Break It. It has great, very it's good. I it's win. a good. Like, it's a, no, it's a good podcast. It's I'm not like starting. A, I, yeah, yeah. I sorry. I I know this is like weird to say. I'm starting to like listen to it occasionally. It's like good, and I I'm like uncomfortable with the fact that I make something that I actually like have wanted to listen to kind of for years. Uh, sort of somewhere in between, like talking about sports like a big boy and dicking around and sort of mixing those things to two things together and kind of going back and forth on them and you know skits and bits and stuff i'm i'm starting to become really proud of it you should legitimately listen to it i know that i spent the last half an hour talking about tusk and a little piece of you is like what he's just going to talk about tusk for half an hour but i swear that's not what happens it's a lot it's of a fun. Spo- it's a sports takes game show it's exactly what it sounds like it's good it covers a lot of different sports not just have, the NBA. We have, we have really good guests. Yeah, really uh, good guests, really good sports writers. Listen this week if you can. Silverman, uh, Bob Silverman is uh, a genuine maniac, and he's always super fun to talk to. Uh, David Roth's on all the time. I haven't had Eric on yet. I apologize, Eric. No, I know. I think time usually conflicts with that, but I do want to well, be yeah, on. During the day. I was yeah. thinking I might get you with another Blazer guy was the idea. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. We'll talk about that, we'll talk about that later. That's right. Well, thanks, Corbin, for coming on the podcast. Keep listening to Locked On Blazers. Keep it locked. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Give it a five-star review. And we will see you later this week with another episode of Locked On Blazers. Until then. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.